me, and it's amazing. Ah, uh, there we go. Yeah. So you were saying, go ahead, talk about Miami. I, I want to know about. No, is well, it as good as Will Smith rapped about? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> pre pre pandemic. <laughs> pre pandemic, it was amazing. I wouldn't put it now. Um, but it was still, it's still, you know, like a cesspool of anything and everything you want to get into, you could do it at, uh, in Miami. Oh, um, when I never had any, uh, issues. I got into the clubs. Um, first time I saw EDM. I'm old. I'm older than, than you both. I'm, and I'm I'm at, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> hold on, let's start a podcast and we're going to talk about this. Okay. Hold on, we got to talk about this. <laughs> E-D-M. Yeah, E-D-M. Is that what I was waiting for it. I was like, hey, let's start. With it. That's why I'm mad with it. With it. With it. That's why I'm mad with it. Spit out the trap with it. Whatever you want, whatever you need, it's on tab. Get it? That's why I'm mad with it. That's why I'm mad with it. That's where I'm mad. Okay. You chasing clout or no way your shit turns. <laughs> Ladies and oh. gentlemen, it's the I'm Again in Trouble podcast with your boy Eddie Louse. Turns G is in the building. What up? What up? Yeet, skeet, skeet. And then we have our special guest, Miss Joanne. Man, uh, I want Joanna. I don't want to say your last name wrong. Briley. 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 Yeah. Joanna Briley. See, and I, I thought that that was how it was said, but then he right. said it to me earlier. Yeah. It was, he was really. like, really? And I was like, yeah. yeah. I was like, well, like I'll go with it because O'Reilly, O'Reilly. I mean, he sounded confident when he said it. <laughs> I, I definitely didn't. I definitely Don't Google didn't. the name. Don't Google the name. <laughs> that is, and that's exactly why. I, like, this is exactly why I was like, Joanna. I'm gonna let you say your last name. Yeah, I'm gonna let you. Riley. I'm very. I knew it. I knew it. You Google it, you will see some some stuff about uh, some relatives that I have. I'm pretty sure. You know. Cool, let's uh, do it. Yeah. It's, let's get in trouble. They brought the Briley brothers, the Briley brothers, um, Virginia. They did some, they did some stuff back in the seventies. Uh, um, they're distant cousins, like real distant, like. Oh, you know I, I do mean? know the Briley brothers. Uh, I've heard know. of them. Yeah, they did a story I gotta look it about up them. Yeah, they know they, they serial killers, man. Yeah, well, oh. not serial killers. They were just. Uh, that sounds like families <laughs> rationalizing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I remember it. Uh, 1985. Family over everything. <laughs> <laughs> when they escaped from prison, um, it was like six of them. Uh, I think it's uh, Mecklesburg uh, prison. They escaped, and the FBI came to our family in New York looking for them, and uh, that's when I found out about them. And Damn. I used to, I used to get off jury cases. You know what I mean? Right. I ain't like what y'all did to my Bradley brothers. You know what I'm saying? I don't appreciate Are you that. Serious? Right. Yeah. Oh, that's smart though. I'm yeah. mad. Why yeah, the fuck am yeah, I saying yeah. it? I did it. I, I did. I, I, well, you know what? I didn't know the full scope of what they did, so I was able to do that. And then as I got older, I, yeah. and when I went to college, I did a um, a paper um, on the effects of uh, death penalty. And I was um. uh, against the death penalty because of, you know, my yeah, relatives. My, yeah. And then I read yeah. what the fuck they did. I was going <laughs> to say. I was like, yeah. "Oh shit! Oh, oh, oh yeah! Those motherfuckers need to die!" Like they were. <laughs> Yo, the Briley, the Briley, dude. Yeah. You don't, you never heard about these motherfuckers? Yeah. Was, like, so like they, like uh, you know how like people always be like, if you think of a serial killer, it's always a white dude. Yeah. So like they were like, well, there's 
few and far in between black people that become serial killers. And the yeah. Briley brothers came up. It was like this DC sniper and then yeah. the Briley brothers. It's Bruh. funny that you it's funny that you mentioned that because this is a true story. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying this to brag, but there's a little no nugget about me. Uh, uh -oh. I was that you were a serial killer. <laughs> no, I do fit the profile, but yeah. I am not. Uh, I was on a, a TV one series about black serial killers. Wow. No. I played a cop in every one of them. Oh, I can see that. <laughs> because that was that. that's what pissed me off. I was that like, was yo, funny. I was so happy I got a TV role until I realized they were like, this guy looks like he hates black people the most. So let's get <laughs> <him> this <laughs> cop. <laughs> yo, I, I wouldn't consider, I don't know if they called them serial killers. I just know they were like, they, they went like on a rampage. People. They went on yeah. a rampage. They yeah. were like 17, 16, 17. They were young. And it was just like yeah. they randomly just went on a rampage in their towns and just was, you know, and it, it was so heartbreaking. Um, I mean, I have family on my page. Uh, I guess I, I don't, we don't, I don't know how we're connected. We all have the same last name, but I did right. uh, use them to get out of jury cases until I found out exactly the extent. I watched the documentary um, about it, right. and I was like, oh, oh, that's what we talk about when we hear these kids nowadays doing stupid shit. Like, what the hell? What's wrong with you? Yeah, I think, I think, I think some people call them, they call them a serial killer, like they're a serial killer duo, but it was more of a spree. Like they just right, right, went right. out and just did it. Right. They, they went out like, and robbed people and killed the whole right. lot of people at like Randomly. one and, and one just was like, yeah. What the hell was wrong with you guys? And um, you know, uh, I think there's one left in prison. He's still alive. Yeah. Um, but uh once they escaped was... prison. Now, when you when you do the story, there's a, a movie that they did, but they focused on the crate, the, the white guy in the movie, because the six of them, it was the Briley brothers' idea to escape. They planned right. everything. But the movie focused on this crazy ass white guy that was with them as well. Hmm. Um, and uh, you gotta make it the white guy's fault. Come on, let's be yeah. honest. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> the, they said the. I mean, if you watch the movie, the, it was brilliant how they got out. You know, they were on the lam for um, a few weeks in '85, mm -hmm. and they found them at a, a barbecue in Philly. Where else are you gonna go get some good barbecue? Uh, but Philly. Yeah, they no, went up in Philly. They went to Philly, family in Philly, and they was at a barbecue and they got caught. And like they caught them on Thursday, they executed them on Friday. Like they was like, "Y'all not getting out again." Dang. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, bro. Yeah, that's that story. They pressed is, uh, the easy sad, button, but it's too. long. Damn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's just sad, it's but it's, sad. it's yeah, it's sad. Yeah. I like I said, you want to rep for your fam, you know? what I'm saying, I was like, "Yo, Bradley brothers, y'all did them wrong." Da, da, da. Then I was like, "Uh, wait a minute." <laughs> These guys. <laughs> so, Joanna, let's talk about you for a second. Yeah. I saw I had no kids because I I wasn't sure if the DNA was going to transfer. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to have That's no funny. Killers, you know. So yeah, we see was... you got a you got a well no. of material. <laughs> you got a well of material here. How much of this goes out in the 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 universe? Oh, uh, it, you know, I got 20 years in the game, so I. Uh, a plethora of stuff that I dip and dab into. I am one of those comics that I don't write a set uh, and I'm not bragging. It's just that sometimes I get up there and I just go with whatever comes out and right. you know, make it funny. Um, when you know, I, I feel like there's some people that you know, you grow into your natural abilities as a comedian. So I have the tendency that I can get up there and you know, just have fun. That's what I call it. I have fun. I have some bits that we were are just talking about that. Yeah, I just have some bits that I could jump in and out of. But mm -hmm. if I'm in the 
food, I see something in the audience or I see something happen, I'll, you know, um, riff off of that. And I just think riffing into your set is one of the most beautiful gifts. The audience loves to see you in the moment. They love yep. to see you make up shit right there on the spot. And that's how they, you know, they, they, I guess they rate you as a comedian. If you can deal with something right on the spot and make it funny. And, and I pride myself on being able to do that for my audience. What's, what's, what's your biggest advice about being able to riff? Uh, be confident. Be confident in what you're seeing and what you're talking about. And it's, mm. it's hard. Confidence comes with experience. When you first start out, it's difficult because you have issues, right? Now, I took a course years ago. It was called The Psychology of Comedy. And it mm. broke down the phases of stand-up. And one of the things that I remember, it's a few phases I remember. One is called no self-esteem. You cannot go on stage with high esteem and you can't go on there with low esteem. You got to go in there with none. We're because um, a lot of times we're seeking validation from the audience. You know, if you have Literally. mommy, daddy issues or whatever, you're seeking it from the audience to give you that feeling of, do I belong? Uh, um, do they love me? Uh, and stuff like that. So when you see comics struggling and they get mad, it's because they're working out those issues and don't even realize it. Right. Um, so the psych you have to understand how closely connected comedy and psychology is. Um, I have a degree in psychology. I'm not a psychologist, but I have a bachelor's. And I can tell you how tra traumatizing our, you know, most of us are as a comedian. There's some trauma that propels us to get it out in some kind of way. So comedy is one therapy. Uh, therapeutic method, but you don't have to use the audience as your therapist. You just tell them about your trauma and how you got over it through laughing. Hmm. So now, I, I, real quick, so I want to phrase this correctly. So you don't think the comp, you don't think the audience is your therapist, but what, can you clarify that for me? Because well, I'm a person that goes on stage and I like talk like just like you. Sometimes I go to certain clubs and I just talk about my day. And I'm because I want to just get to the point of my right. day is funny, right? Right. You well, they're your <clears throat> they're your listening audience. So yes, in the sense we're sharing what's going on in our lives, but they're not with a notepad. They're going to give you a diagnosis at the end of your set, other than applause. You know what I mean? So right. you're not there to actually do therapy, but it is therapeutic to purge gotcha. whatever's going on in your day. Um, gotcha. So that's how I, you know, look at stand up. You know, if you, if it's an antidote for all that ails us, and so I love, I love that. Um, I got into comedy at an early age. I didn't know I was going to be doing comedy, but the trauma of being abandoned. You know what I'm saying? When you have abandonment issues, you know what I mean. It mm -hmm. it, it triggers you to do things that you don't. Like one of the issues of, of, of challenges of being uh, having abandonment issues is you cling on to people. You you're, you 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 try to come not come across as needy, but you're needy. You don't. You try to do everything you could or can to make them like you, love you, don't leave you again because you right. suffer from abandonment right. issues. And that happened to me at I was eight or nine. Mm. Um, and so once I got my degree in psychology, because I had to understand me, you know what I'm saying? I said, let me do, I, I got to figure out what this shit is about what, what I'm going through. And once I understood it, at the same time, I, I started comedy. So this is 96. And it just became, oh, oh, everything was like, oh, okay. Now I know why, you know, I was fucking with this dude. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. 
you don't understand yourself. And at 27, I had a traumatic, another traumatic incident where this guy broke into my apartment. And that was so traumatizing. I didn't know I had a lot of uh, anger built up in me. And I went to see a psychiatrist and um, he kicked me out of the sessions. <laughs> yeah, because I started interviewing him because, you know, I just, I'm in school. I'm getting my degree. So I started asking <laughs> I'm him. I'm dying, questions. bro. Hey. I am <laughs> dying <laughs> right now. Because, you know, his mom, his mom was a psychiatric nurse and he was a former NFL player. Big. Anyway, he, his name is Jewish. His name you, is Jewish. No, I'm just saying his name is Jewish. I didn't know. I didn't know, but he was black. So I was like, I didn't know. I was young, so I didn't know black people could be Jewish. Uh, so he changed. (laughs) Sammy Davis Jr. Huh? Sammy Davis Jr. I I, I didn't know that. You know what I'm saying? I find this stuff as a, as a, as a (laughs) 20 something years old. You know, when you're doing, when you're doing comedy, you start doing research and you start finding out these things. But early on, I didn't know. I just, um, (laughs) And so when I went in there, I was like, oh, okay. Jewish. Okay. He he shared that he he converted. And um, my grandmother did. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. This is cool. But then I started asking the questions about why he got into psychology, why he became a psychiatrist. And and he looked at me, he's like, you all right. (laughs) You good. You good. You don't need no medication. You good. Like, get that hell out of my office. I saw the mad at me. I was like, "Oh, okay, Doc. So you can ask me questions. But I can't ask you questions. That kind of thing." Because I wanted, I was, I'm always, I'm always somebody that's gonna ask your background because that's part of psychology. That's part of how you know somebody's makeup. Like you know, when I'm when I'm dating, for instance, I'll go, "Hey, how was your childhood?" Whoa, what? Hold the fuck up. Yes. No, you I, don't. That, that's no, like, Joanna, that's no, our Joanna. Joanna, that's a red out. flag. Don't no. do that. I actually you, you, you just we, asked secret questions. We, hey, how you feel about your mama? We need more of that forward nature, Joanna. Yes, Thank you. But, but I do it in such a way with the comedic nature that they don't know coming. They don't know they're being analyzed. You understand? And then she can pick right back yes, up. Yes, they do. Like, no. Like, well, them, no, because they still try to pursue me. And I'm like, nah, you're crazy, motherfucker. You're crazy. <laughs> and it, it's true. Some of them have um, uh, latent tendencies, your mommy issues. And you know you don't want to you don't want to do that you don't want to be with somebody I'm that got so mommy issues. Data psychiatrist like or yeah, read yeah. psychiatrist and none of that shit. I couldn't do it. What you no. won't even you don't even know like if a, if a woman is really good at how if she wants to like if she wants you to be the mother, father of her children you're gonna ask these questions because that's what family planning is you plan to have a family you don't just listen have I, sorry I, I, you I, did. I'm sorry my bad if you already did that I'm, I don't know you that well. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all might have kids out there. I'm, didn't even check. <laughs> so Terrence is on his second one, like a crazy uh, person. Oh, uh, yeah, he's a fuck, he's a fuck. Same woman. Don't look same like woman. that. You already announced it on Instagram, that, um, Facebook. That was the, Wait, same woman. Was, it was April Fools, so it was oh. so good. It was oh, so good. Bitch. People believed you. Are <laughs> oh, you a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> I really thought you. Oh, you bitch! Wow. You got oh. you know when you do April Fools, you have to say April Fools, right? Right. It's thirteen days I, later, twelve I days did, later. I did, but so. nobody said anything. 
Wow. No, because nobody you. saw the April Fools. Dude, you got like a hundred and something likes on that shit. <laughs> I oh thought it was God, funny. I thought it was I funny. I doing that. That's I don't have funny. any children. And the times that I posted up on Facebook, oh, I'm having a baby. I got so many people congratulating me. And it hurt my heart that people, you know, was really happy for me <laughs> like to have a baby. I was like, are you kidding me? Um, so I just said I would never do that, Frank, again. I won't do that to people because I guess they really thought, you know, no, comedy is my baby. Comedy will be, right now for me, right. comedy is a, a, a 21-year-old child right now. So they're growing up. I'm growing up with it. And uh, that's it. I, I just, I'm so thankful and grateful that I chose not to have children. Uh, that's one of the best decisions. Besides going to college and dumping my fiance, that was like, those like I have that's three funny. or four major uh, you know, because you got to remember the pivotal moments when you decide on being an adult and making adult decisions. You know, um, when you make a decision and then you're going and getting drunk because you're not sure, that's not an adult decision. That's just yes. panic. You know what yes. I mean? You're panicking. Yes. Okay, so I just, I'm 52 years old. Okay, that's it. I'm 52. So I've lived. You said it. We didn't ask. I know. I'm just saying, I know. <laughs> not rude. Crap, not rude. Right? I just wanted that out there for the I'm record. Not rude. Yeah, yeah, I'm not rude. If this ever comes up, they, they asked her her age. No, 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 no. no we didn't. I'm proud we to be 52 because I earned hey. everything that I have um, in right. this comedy game. Damn right. I've done a lot, and uh, I'm happy to be on this. Uh, I'm going to get in trouble because I don't normally get in trouble. Uh, I'm I'm one of the the nice people in the business. That's what I'm saying. You wanted you wanted the nice Bradleys. Yeah, you're nice. You're a nice Bradley. <laughs> I had to overcompensate. You know what I mean? That was my thing. I was like, you know what? I don't know who I'm gonna. I'm not the murdering one. Yeah, I'm not the murdering Gene Bradley. Right. I've said the joke or two online. I mean, on stage, and you know, people. You know, I, you make it funny, but you start realizing, oh shit, because I talk about not having any children, because I know the. DNA, like it's molecular. It's you know, it's in your DNA. You know, so I'm like, you know, let's let's a couple of generations go. You know what I'm saying? Because listen, the only reason I came to that conclusion because my father, I'm his only child, but he has a son, right? My brother is in prison right now, and he's half Riley. You understand? He's half Riley. Oh my god! You know what I'm saying? I did the math. I did the damn math. He's oh my god! He in jail, so more than likely. Are you treating Bri Are you treating the Briley Jean like Huntington's? Yes. <laughs> it's a 50 50 chance. Yes, this bitch. it is. Yes. <laughs> I did. I swear. I swear to God, that was it. Because that's and so oh that's not why I ask questions from the guy. I was asking, so I need to know your background. So we mesh. I got a sickle cell trait, right? You don't. You have sickle cell trait. What do you do? You ask the motherfucker. You got sickle cell. Sickle you got cell. Trait because you don't want not. You know. You, my you name, it's not, cell, it's not on the same. It's not on the same. It's like sickle cell. But I had to ask my lady. Like you ain't got no redhead genes in you, right? Like I don't want one of those fucking kids. <laughs> what? Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. Redhead Sickle cell. What is happening? I, I would have a sickle cell kid before a redhead. That's all I'm saying. I'm normally what? the one that gets in trouble. I'm normally what? the one that gets in trouble. And I don't know uh, what the uh, fuck is you, happening. You gotta right look now. up sickle cell anemia. I mean sickle cell thalassemia and know that it's a painful disorder. Yeah, I, I, would, I, I think redheads are cute. Redheads are adorable. What's what's the issue? 
Brunette. It's, it's the, I don't know. It's something like, I don't know. It just, they got that fear of the sun, it feels like. Oh, they got to wear sunscreen. That's all. Yeah, you know, they, all those freckles. They got to wear a lot of sunscreen. They got to wear a lot of sunscreen. Freckles, I don't, I don't, you know, like, it's just, I don't have this what problem. are you doing my, here, buddy? My kid is, my kid is light-skinned and tall, <laughs> and she's going to be fucking, she's going to be somebody else's nightmare in like 13, 13 years, five oh, years. okay. Oh, okay. She's yeah, five? So yeah She's I'm five? so scared. Okay. I'm so oh, scared. Yeah. 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 No, no. no, no, no. This day and age, their learning is more informational. It's overload with the internet and the social media. So right. they're learning stuff that we didn't know. Like I said, I didn't yeah. know. Sammy oh, no. My daughter knows how to work everything, bro. Yeah. And like, and like, she'll, she'll come to me. She'll be like, Daddy, I don't know how to work this. And I'm like, you're lying. Go ahead. Wow. Like, because she doesn't want you to know that she, like, uh, my daughter didn't tell her mom that before me and her broke up, she didn't tell her mom that she knew how to put on her seatbelt for almost uh, a year. Oh, because wow. she doesn't, so, because she doesn't want you to know that she knows how to do certain shit. Wow. That's like, I, I, she got that I, yeah, from you, I suppose, right? Yeah. I, I don't know yeah. why, though. I don't know <laughs> how she got it's it from me or why. Man. It's in the it's in the <laughs> That's what if your mother and your father said, I, I hope you have a kid just like you. That's a threat. No, That's a yeah. threat. I was it like, nice. sorry, I ain't My son just it. randomly started. I don't we haven't done it in months. He just started talking American Sign Language that oh. we haven't done in forever. Oh, so now, yeah, yeah, so now he's over here like, please and more. Oh, and nice. I'm like, yeah. Where was this at, man? Like <laughs> when you, when no, you no, somebody we, in the family is, is hearing impaired. No, no, you teach them when they're babies. Yeah, when they I, can't talk. I was trying to teach yeah. them. Like, I was going over Spanish. I, we did it with my daughter. Sign language. Yeah. Oh, nice. And it was like, I was getting nothing. Nothing. <laughs> and then we once I out yeah. of nowhere, dude was like. Oh, he's like, yeah, I, I heard the. I, yeah. Yeah. See, like, they're like, smart. They're too smart. I'm going to. Like, yeah. dude, it's a whole record of different shit. Like, it's like little small stuff that you can teach them yeah. when they're about to eat. Or when they about they gotta poop or anything like that, and they'll just wow. keep up. Yeah, it's like teaching them two languages when they babies. It's kind of yeah, stupid. That's, a good, thing, nice. that's a good characteristic to have because in the job market, those are marketable skills. When you know yeah. another language, I follow I follow these guys on YouTube. They're polyglots, right? Polyglots speak multiple languages, and they're black guys. And one of them just uh uh died. Uh, unexpectedly, they think they were oh, killed man. by the ops. Yeah. I mean, you know, I go into the rabbit hole sometimes on YouTube. Don't oh, <laughs> I mean, the rabbit yeah, I thought hole. they were like podcasters, and then she was like, One of them died by the ops. Hold up, what yeah, is well, hold on. that's what you're saying? Where were they at in China? Know. Like, yeah, what the fuck is going on? It happened, it happened in Philly, I think. They said they found him, whatever. I don't want to talk about it, but it's, it's sad because he he is he was like he had he learned like maybe 25 languages. And he would go to the neighborhoods and practice on or surprise the people because that's what it is. They talk about um, they don't expect a black person to speak uh, Hindu or yeah, yeah, you know yeah, Bengali. Yeah. So he goes into the neighborhoods and he starts speaking, and you know you get you get mad respect. So in the polyglot community, he passed away about a month ago, I believe. So I followed this young kid from New York who is. So hold um, up, there's a community for people that speak multiple languages. Yes, it's called polyglots. P o l y g l o t. This yes. is real. This is a real thing. Yes, it hold is. On, so on YouTube, on, go to YouTube. You see. Yo, and one so, of my best friends. One of my best friends has a. Uh, is is has, speaks six languages. Wow. So he got a community. There's a community. No, she, for that. She, yeah, I didn't know that. I'm about to ask her. Like, does she know anything about it? 
Yeah, they, you know, and it's it's amazing because I have trouble with the goddamn English language. You know what I'm saying? Like I, you know what I'm saying? It's hard to <laughs> speak. You know what I'm saying? To, and then these people, when you listen to them, they teach themselves. It's, this young boy is speaking Chinese. Yep. And he knows uh, what's Cantonese and Mandarin. And, and he goes to the, like, uh, in our town, it's Ch you know, Chinatown or Flushing, New York. And he just go and he talks to them in English. And then when, they, when he gets, he hears, he listens to their dialect. And then he starts speaking to them in their language. And he gets mad respect because they know it's a hard goddamn language. Yeah, right. it's, a hard, like, Chinese, it's a hard language. And he said he taught himself. And I'm like, uh, what's a preposition? <laughs> like, Dude, so, I'm saying like we the English right. language is hard, and, you know. So to teach yourself a hard language that symbols is amazing. So I'm in there trying to pick up whatever I can pick. So when I go to China, how many So how many languages do you speak? English. Did you hear me say that? I have a hard time. Oh, no, I English. I, I pick pig Latin. Pig Latin. You know, pig Latin. <laughs> Because I'm like, hold up, you're part of the polyglot community? So I, just, I told you I went to the rabbit hole. I was just, something just, you just, you, know, you just went to the rabbit hole one day and just was YouTube, like, yeah, I'm watching I, this. YouTube will yes, get you like that, though. Yes, like, it's, all, like, it's those thumbnails, man, I'm telling right. you. Right. I was like, what's a polyglot? And I was like, what's a polyglot? Is that a carb? I wasn't sure because I was hungry at the time. <laughs> I said, that sounds like food. Polyglot, it sounds like a lot of food. So I went and it's, <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not. It's just different. A uh, community of people that love um, uh, languages and they just love talking to people. That's and their true. thing was going around surprising the people with their languages. So, you know, one guy uh, met someone who spoke French and Spanish. So he switched to French to talk to them. And then Spanish. I was like, you know what? Oh, he could get it. Like, let me be. No. <laughs> I mean, let me get, let me go I do want to do that though. I'm not gonna lie. I do want to really? do some shit like that. Yeah, well, you know, bro. Yeah, I mean it's, it's a little it's, late now, but well, see, that's what I thought. But these are these guys taught themselves. Um, the young boy I'm following now, he's 22. And yeah, he I'm said not he taught it up. Yeah, so I'm just saying he taught himself, which I don't think you have to do what we're doing now. Like <laughs> Listen to it and then I guess repeat until you understand. Listen, Walter don't ask me to speak proper. You know what I'm saying? Because Spanish, when you learn Spanish, they teach you the proper Spanish. Proper way of doing it. And I don't want that. I want the shit when I go to the bodega. Hey, Poppy. Right. You know what I'm saying? Let me just right. get, you know, Spanglish. I want to know Spanglish. I don't Donde know. esta el baño? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Give me the little the little quick, quick jaunts to yeah. learn the right. language. Absolutely. I'm good. So so Joanna, let's get in, let's get more into the comedy part. So you're doing comedy up and you do a festival. Hold on, let's do the festival. You want to talk about your, your comedy career? You want to talk well, about the yeah, festival? Well, your, the comedy career led to the festival. Um what happened is uh in 2018, you know, this this festival's all I submitted to festivals. And this particular festival, it was um brought to our attention in a, in a Facebook group of, of women comics that there was a festival happening in New York and based on the um, article in the news. Um, oh, I know exactly which one. Right. It was like, uh, what do you mean there's no black women? You in New skull. York City. It was called, it's a uh, skull. Uh, no, nah, I don't even, nah. Which, it, them. It, was way before, it was way before Laughing Skull. Laughing Skull. Right. That Laughing was a, skull and that's happened Atlanta. After, yeah, it happened after. Yeah, that's um, right. But that's right. the one in New York, um, 
the article prompted the discussion. It was a healthy discussion. And in the healthy discussion, I was like, fuck that. Let's create our own. <laughs> We're going to create our own uh, festival black. for black women. You know what I mean? Because, you know, sometimes you got to create your own. And so yeah. it was created. And during the process of creating the festival, which was a success in 2019, it came out that there were women of color in that festival. It's just that the journalists chose to only highlight the white women, which still was problematic. Oh. Because the person sent the PR kit with everyone, all the headliners. And so but right. the person doing the article chose. So that's on them. But I'm I'm not mad at it because it spurred on, it, it, it lit a fire under me because we're in, in a mecca of comedy. And I'm like, wait, nobody yeah. checking us as black women. So we created a festival um, in 2019. It was a major success. One of the young ladies, Coco Fresh, she was able to get tapped to um, perform on Laugh Tracks, true TV show. A couple of ladies uh, went on to have auditions for Just for Laughs. And, you know, other major things happened for these women. Frankie French, you know, um, felt really strongly about the festival and how it changed her trajectory in her career. Mm -hmm. So it was so many pivotal moments as black women to come together. We found our tribe, you know what I mean? So 2020 happened and, you know, the pandemic knocked us off our feet so we couldn't do it in uh, 2020. So we pivoted and rescheduled for this upcoming Juneteenth week. Um, Juneteenth is going to be um, amazing because it's also uh, celebrating Emancipation Proclamation mm-hmm. and Black In women Texas, at the same yep. time. Right. So the final, the yes, finalization. Right. Yep. So it's, it's just a, a great moment because the first year we did the festival it was Black History Month. I was like, nobody going to fuck with us during Black History Month. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because one yeah. of the concerned about and creating something for us, by us, is the backlash. Like, oh, why it's got to be all Black women? And I was like, you know, because it has to be. Nobody's checking for us and nobody. And then I, I, I don't know what happened after that um, with Laughing Skull. I, I didn't give them no energy um, about their controversy. We just kept it moving because we just we just came off a high of a successful mm-hmm. weekend. So why even entertain that? So yeah, no. I can't, so that's where I met you at. That's that's why we that's why we met because I came up to see Frankie at Creek in the Cave. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Yeah. I was like, I knew I seen you. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I came up girl, to see She's now yeah. a headliner of this year's festival. Um, When right. she came 2019, she was just a guest. You know, she did a couple of guest spots. I didn't know her. Mm-hmm. Someone introduced me to her. She was phenomenal. One of the things that I loved about the festival is I had a psychologist come and be a part of a panel because what I was seeing was uh, mental health and wellness in the comedy industry for Black women and um, and and general therapy, but black women and mental health because we we receive a lot of rejection, we receive a lot of no's, you know what I mean. And how do we deal with that? So um, the psychologist came up with you know some modalities that we can use, and then we got a chance to share stories about moments of damn, should I be doing this? You know, um, who can I turn to? And then when you see fifty. Uh, black women that look like you, that got you. You know, it was like a kumbaya moment. We were yeah. crying tears of joy and happiness and, and purging. So I know that self-care and mental health is pivotal as we pursue these uh, careers in the industry because you don't know who you could <clears throat> who you could trust 
Um, right. We can share your innermost feelings about this industry, you know, and they make it so we're competitive when you really don't have to be because what's for you is for you. The universe already has everything aligned. As I said, as a kid at eight years old, I I was into comedy at such a young age. I, I love Saturday Night Live. I love City Television laughing. I had no idea they were going to play a pivotal part in my decision to do comedy. I just had this knack for wanting to laugh and feel um, alive because laughter, when I laugh, like everybody tell you, I have the loudest fucking laugh in the audience. So if I'm here watching you, I'm not, because you know, you go to some shows, comics are sitting there and they're just scrutinizing your set. I forget I'm a comedian when I'm in the audience. I am an audience member enjoying comedy because I just love it so much. And um, so the festival is my way of giving back because as I said, I have 20 something years in the game. Um, I can now sit back in the cut and provide a platform for the younger generation to come up and just give them guidance and support on how to navigate this system because it, it's treacherous at times if you allow yeah. it. And I'm trying to show them that we as <clears throat> black women don't have to be cutthroat. We don't have to be competitive. We can be encouraging, empowering, and supportive of one another. And if we come as a team, uh, we get a lot accomplished. So, so yeah, so like setting up your festival though, like what were some of your challenges? Like I've so just a backstory. If I don't know if you know, so I'm one of the. And he uh, only founders. says it every episode. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't wanna, know, Joanna, Eddie runs the DC festival, a comedy oh, festival. Okay, oh, okay, I Okay. You're a dick. You're a dick. I just want to make sure you know you're a dick. I don't. I, I, I wanted to found this at the DC Comedy Festival. So we. So what was some of the challenges like that you faced when running your like starting up the festival for yourself? Um. Well. Um. I'm just gonna brag on our Black Girl Magic because. Let's do it. October is when I decided to do the festival. November is when I announced it, and we did it in fe February. So we right. did a festival in four months. That was amazing with no yes. sponsorship. You know what I mean? So everything came out of pocket and um, a few of the committee members, we all pulled money together to put make it happen. And it was a wow. success. Um, I would say this same thing this year. We have two sponsors this year, which is, uh, you know, I'm so happy amazing. about that. Um, and we're just looking for more. Um, I would say the, the, the hardest thing is um, I'm not adept at uh, Google Docs. <laughs> And, and scheduling everything because right yeah. now we have seven venues and now we got to add the protocols for COVID, you know, so so many yeah. different variables that are in place now than it was in 2019. 2019, right. we had sold out shows. And mind you, we only had three venues then. Um, we had three mm -hmm. venues, but every show was sold out. We did two shows a night and um, it was amazing. So I would say going forward, um, my goal is to just continue to make this bigger and better. Um, I just know we're getting noticed. You know, we had industry in, in, in the attendance. Um, they came in incognito. I mean, incognito. <laughs> mm -hmm. So um, it was great to see people like, oh, there is different black women doing right. comedy. They're comedy. not all a monolith. Like, we are different. It was so many different stories being told, different jokes. And it was amazing. Some were characters. I did a solo section where a few women had solo pieces. They got to do 30 minutes each. So the goal is just to highlight and empower Black women in comedy to say, hey, you are uh, valued. Um, 
if anything, I'm gonna make sure you get, you know, get seen, especially in New York City. You know, there's, you know, I, I'm plugged in now with um, some agents and, and agencies and networks where they're gonna be present during the festival. So I'm just ecstatic, you know, even with the protocol for COVID, like, you know, we have smaller, you know, numbers that we're working with, but we're still gonna be a success, you know, and it's true. So, what, so, so how are people, so how are females, because uh, it's black, is black uh, comics, okay. black female comics. So how are they submitting? Like, what is the process for you to allow people to submit and stuff like that? The normal route where, okay, so everybody that's performing in June submitted in 2019, but because of COVID, we had to just respect uh, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. We so we're behind. We're doing that too. We're doing right, that too, so yeah. everybody that submitted in 2019 that didn't want a refund because of COVID, they're all, I didn't open up submissions again. I was like, look, we're going to, Reschedule yeah, everybody smart. that was uh, uh, accepted. Yeah. They're moving on to June 20, uh, 2021. No. And so uh, submissions, the first year, like this is how I didn't know what the hell I was doing. The first year submissions was $10 because right. I wanted affordable. And then they was like, well, uh, I, how are you going to pay for everything? I said, huh? <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know that's how people paid for the well, festival, festival fees. And so yeah. I'm Oh, so that's how we had to go in our pocket, which, like I said, I, I'm going to continue doing this until it becomes on par with the New York Comedy Festival, the Boston Comedy Festival, with every other festival there is, because I believe in Black women in comedy. I believe that we definitely um, need the the opportunities that are out there. Yes, yes, yes. Woo-woo. And... Um, Patrice a lot of women, Lavelle. a lot of women I've never met. Yeah. A lot of women I've never met. So it's just to to me, this is my journey. As I said, I I knew early on that I was chosen to do this. So comedy's my baby. Now is graduating into college right now with the festival, and I'm I'm working um, with an organization that is pairing up with us. It's called they're called Stand Up Girls. They're based in New York. They teach underprivileged mm -hmm. black girls, teens, how do you stand up comedy as a mm. tool of empowerment, uplifting nice. and public speaking. So um, people are seeing what we're doing. Uh, I've worked with them before. So I'm very happy that, you know, we get to tie in. They're one of the sponsors. So it's just like, OK, people are recognizing the value of what we bring to the table. And right. until we understood our value. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know if, I mean, people, I can't say, there's women making things happen all over in the industry. And um, right. I just, I'm happy to do my part and, and fit in where I can to, you know, showcase these uh, phenomenal black women. I mean, the first year I couldn't really enjoy because I'm in the mix, you know what I mean? So I'm having enough volunteers. Um, hopefully, uh, if anybody looking, we need volunteers to help execute <laughs> this festival. Um, Cause we have seven. If y'all need any, if I, if I can be of any assistance, let me know, and I would definitely yes. be up there. Like, yes, even, I definitely do. I, I know mean, I can't I, perform, so I know unless you want to get in drag, you want to get in no. drag, we will accept. We'll he accept. does that all right. weekends. He's good for it. <laughs> no, it's you know, not, my, it's not my style. Trust. Me. Listen, I don't, I don't condemn it. One of my, one of my really good comedy friends is, uh, um, um, um. Wow. Now, now ah, I look like that, that, that's so. funny because I know. My really good friend in comedy, 
Yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just waiting for you to get friends? really white here, Eddie. Not only that, not only one of that, my no. best friends is what? You Eddie? I didn't trouble. say best friends. I said one trouble. of my really good friends, and she's good friends with everybody. But Violet Gray is one of my really good friends. I know that name. So, you, Violet Gray is based out of uh, Baltimore and DC. Right, right, right. Okay, yeah. I know that so, name. Yeah, so I, I no, I, but me wearing dresses and stuff is not my forte i'm a little i'm we a little did. big boy i'm a little big boy i can't i can't Listen, you watch rupaul drag race goddamn dude okay. rupaul's my height did you know what? that i did he's six he's like six feet something tall oh wow i love that RuPaul's dude's tall drag race. i love the show you know okay so this is this is pivotal in my trajectory as a comedian i started comedy in 96 i also worked for the mta right the new york city transit authority in the token booth. So when I was uh, stationed at Christopher Street, I would see a lot of trans, um, well, uh, drag people coming through because right. you don't say transvestite anymore. That's negative. Right, it's transgender. But that's what, right. Um, but most of them were drag. They were dressed in drag. And I was in the booth. So my one woman show, Swipe This, My Life in Transit, it was about me coming out of my box, being mm -hmm. free because, you know, when you're a performer, and as I said earlier, pivot back to earlier when I talk about having these constructs and confinement in your stage presence. I used to watch them and say, I want to be free like those um, women dressed or those to drag people, the drag community, because it seems mm -hmm. so freeing. And here it is. I'm trapped in a booth. I'm stuck. And I was like, I got to get out. of. I got to get out. I got to get out. And so that's what I use. Um, my my uh, closing song on my show is I'm coming out and I I have on uh, my uniform but then I take it off I do a Wonder Woman spin and then I'm in sparkles <laughs> that's how I close out my show but that's the freedom of watching you know your surroundings and being inspired and I just love the freedom that trans uh, people have trans, yeah the trans community yep you know with all the shit they go through they still choose to be themselves and i'm like damn i'm a regular person you know what i'm saying yeah. i'm struggling to be myself you know what i mean so i take yeah. a lot of um um uh inspiration from rupaul's drag race i'm like that shit i can't even fucking do makeup all right like what, like, what? <laughs> like, what? i didn't know you need it. that much like i right now i got on eyeliner and lipstick that's all you're getting right now okay <laughs> Girl, I, it, I did a, i did a split on some ice and i i literally i did a split on some ice and it looked so bad and then like three days later a rupaul drag race commercial came past and i was like oh that's what i did <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh, i should have yelled out yes queen at this point okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes it's it's just I don't know. It's just something about people living their truths that is freeing. And, you know, in, in society, we don't normally get to do that. And I think with stand-up comedy, we get to be free on stage if you allow yourself. So when you're not seeking validation from the audience, when you could get through the trauma of your childhood and work out your issues, you can have so much fun on stage. Right. One of the lessons that the um, uh, coach and the writing taught me, excuse me, I'm belching Corona. Um, Same. Well, not Corona. I drink whole garden. Whole? Whole garden. Oh, what does that taste like? It's a good like weed. Holes. Like a lot holes. of hoes. <laughs> That's hilarious. Somebody sent me, the, somebody gave me these thinking I wasn't doing it. 
No, no. Uh, so Joanna, tell us, tell us what you got coming up next. What, what's going on for Joanna here in the near future, and then next like six months. Okay, uh, the festival is in nine weeks, so I'm doing everything right now to um, get that squared away. Uh, we have the venues now. Next step is you know lining up the comedians and which shows they're going to do. Um, after the festival, um, I'm working on creating a 501c3 because I don't want this just to be a festival. I want this to be a place where women can contact for whatever reason, especially with the mental health. To me, mental health is everything. Um, the psychologist that was there in 2019, she's coming back for 2021. So we're definitely nice. going to work on um, tools and modalities that we could use throughout um, this uh, journey as comedians and as actors, because to me, as a stand-up, I love stand-up, but let me tell you something. There's nothing about that to me, it's something about being in the background and helping others win. You know what I mean? Right. And creating an opportunity or platform for others to win. I don't serve my time. I know what comedy looks like. I know what I'm looking for when I'm looking for somebody to submit. Um, I used to be the right. manager at Brooklyn House of Comedy. I was the manager at Booker. Um, I resigned in uh, December uh, to pursue this festival because I know it needs to take... It, it takes up a lot of time and, and, and doing a 501c3 and all the paperwork and stuff. Yeah. I need to focus on this. This is my baby and putting the people in place to make it successful. So mm -hmm. that's what I'm doing. Um, I do have a show uh, May 7th in a new spot. Um, uh, it's in the hood of Brooklyn. It's called okay. RJ. Um, yeah. yeah, it's a Mother's Day show. Uh, the young lady, she hired me to, to do the show and I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I love to perform. When I perform, I'm good. Um, but like I said, I could be in the background and be just as happy because I know that whatever what I'm doing is amazing. And today, tomorrow, uh, we have this open mic, right? Uh, I don't know if you heard. Wednesday's comedy workout was my baby. When you come up in comedy, you're by yourself, right? And you go to open mics, and you know how people are at open mics. They're not paying attention. They're just waiting their not turn and laughing. Right. Nope. WCW That's me. is different. That's me. WCW was different. Wednesday's comedy workout was different with the comedians. Okay, I poured love into that room. And so people felt the love and the connection because when you give people love, they thrive. So I know that's what it is. And that's what I was missing as a comic um, was the love of comedy. Like people were there. To me, it was a, it's a, it can be a selfish sport if you allow it. So I put so right. much love into WCW that the comedians, like we would have 30, 40, 50 comedians trying to get on at, at, at the space. And it just showcased how much love is needed in this industry. So I am doing a online version of it tomorrow with this app called Bramble. Bramble okay. is a new online app. It's similar to what we're doing here. However, or Zoom, when you have multiple people, but they have, it's cool because they have avatars. So when you sign up, you, you become an mm. avatar and you get to navigate like a game through different rooms where you're going to have your show. So they're always looking for people. Wow. We're, beta, we're beta, beta testing large amounts of people. So um, we're trying to get 50 to 100 people in to test it to see if they can handle that because they were going to be a sponsor for our festival. But we, nice. need, large, we need to okay. be able to have a large audience uh, and, and this, whatever their server, being able to handle that many people. So if you guys aren't doing anything, it's on my Facebook page. The link yep, on I'm how to get in, into Bramble's um, uh, app 
I guess, beta testing. And like I said, right. I implore comics to reach out to Bramble after this because they're always looking to have shows and, and get people to test their app because I, I like it. It's fun. It's a little kooky. It's different. You know what I mean? And right, that's right. to do. You get in on the ground floor. You know what I'm saying? You get in. If I'd known about Twitter back then, I'd be retired right now. Because, yeah. uh, you know, we, we don't understand what's happening in the beginning. So I would say check out Bramble. Um, they're part of the Artery family. If you know about Artery, they're um, another Eventbrite-like space okay. where you could okay. schedule. Yeah, I don't know about shows. them. I use Eventbrite yeah. a lot. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Artery is different um, in that capacity. But I'll be using Eventbrite for the festival because it's a little easier. I would, like I said, everything Ain't that I'm it. doing, once this festival is over, I'm diving deep into securing 2022 um, um, sponsorship, 2022 submissions go out in November. I'm just going to make sure that I'm focused on providing um, the best possible festival and giving these women opportunities that otherwise they probably would never have. But let me give a shout out to other the other black women doing festivals. Black Girl Giggles, they got a documentary yep. out. Yep. Um, that yeah, I'm we had them on. We yep. had uh, Shep Kelly on like yep. two weeks ago. Right. Yep. Yep. They're doing dope things. There's a black women in comedy festival in LA. Uh, well, shout out to um, what you call it in uh, the Sixth City. Uh, Marla, she's doing a festival out in Ohio. And um, Paula, Tiff, is her name? Tiff? I, can't, I can't remember her name, but she owns the uh, Juke ju ju Joint. joint. Yeah. yeah, that's what Definitely, I, that uh, we had her on as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. So yeah, Latoya, yeah, yeah. Latoya Polk, um, yep. as well that's as me. Monique. She, yeah, Latoya has a. Yep. She has a. We had her on up in New Jersey. Yep. Okay, yep. Yeah, I'm just saying, <laughs> all of us are doing big things. You know, we we, we give a lot of black people. We're, we're, we're giving yeah, we're a that's the like, one thing we ain't going to get a trouble for. I promise you. <laughs> oh, before we go, Joanna, because we got another interview after this, okay. tell everybody where they can follow you at. Where can they find Joanna Briley? Okay, on Instagram is Joanna M. Briley. B-R-I-L-E-Y. M is my middle name. Uh, Maria. Joanna Maria. I know I don't look it, but I got jobs. <laughs> That's all I'm Bless saying. I got know. jobs. Uh, Instagram. <laughs> you can follow Black Women in Comedy Laugh Fest. We changed the name. So it's B-W-I-C-L-A-F-F, -F, Fest, F-E-S-T. On, on Facebook, it's the same, Joanna Briley. Um, I want to thank you guys. I hope I didn't get into any oh, trouble. <laughs> yeah, no, you should. No, you should. You, 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 you say, some, say something wild real quick. Just say something wild. I was going to say, insult someone. Balls. <laughs> balls. Balls and pee. I don't know. <laughs> Yo, let's get out of here. Yo, thank you, Joanna. That's why I'm mad with it. Whatever you want, whatever you need, it's on tab, get it? That's why I'm mad with it.